What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. I've now drafted 141 paid teams so far this summer, so I figured it'd be fun to take a look at my exposures, see which wide receivers I have not been drafting so far. Every wide receiver we go over today is on less than 6% of my teams, and three of the five will go over, I have less than 3% of. So sit back, hit the like button, and let's start things off with DJ Moore. DJ Moore is my most rostered wide receivers among those on the list. We're going to go like decreasing in terms of like most rostered to least rostered. Uh, but I have them in only 5.7% of my teams. It is 8 of 141. Also, looking at those eight teams, I paired him with Justin Fields in like six or seven of them. Basically saying that, you know, if DJ Moore has the kind of season that I'm not thinking he's going to have, hits his ceiling, has an amazing year, he's probably going to pay off his ADP. And also, it's very, very likely that Justin Fields is also having a monster season, so I should pair those two together whenever drafting them. But yeah, 5.7% uh, is not a very big number in a 12-team league. Um, and it's especially true when I love the underlying player. Like, I would get it if I just didn't like the player. Of course, you're going to get them in a low amount. But I love DJ Moore. I have talked for years about how much I love him and how he's such a great player, but it's been very unfortunate that he's had to deal with such poor quarterback play. And while that might change the season, I do think that Fields, as a passer, is probably still uh, one of the better quarterbacks he's played with. I think we can all acknowledge that Fields is not a prolific passer. You know, he is not Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. It's still not an amazing situation. But we have a whole new issue here, even if Fields is decent at passing the ball, and that's volume. Moore's been on the Panthers for the first five years of his career. Now, of course, on the Bears with that massive trade for the number one overall pick. Since 2018, uh, the Panthers have ranked 15th, 2nd, 22nd, 14th, and 29th in pass attempts per game with an average of over 34 pass attempts per game. And they've only had one season below 34. So it's really that one year below that's kind of dragging down the average. For the most part, over his career, he's been at or above 34 pass attempts per game, like on a team that is averaging that. If we look back to last season, the Bears threw the ball only 22 times per game, with Fields never once attempting more than 28 pass attempts in a game. So last season, Fields, you know, highest game in pass attempts was six fewer attempts than what Moore has basically been seeing on average throughout his career. And it's not like, you know, Moore's going from a situation where there's a ton of competition, he had very little target share, and now he's going to dominate target share. I mean, his target share in his career has been 15%, 24, 24, 28, and 28% the last two years. So if Moore wants to match his 118 targets from last season, which was still only ranking him 21st among wide receivers in that area, he's going to have to miss zero games, and he's going to have to sustain over a 31% target share this season. Now, maybe the Bears end up throwing the ball a little bit more, and so he doesn't need to be as dominant, but they have Justin Fields at quarterback, they have three quality running backs, and they're hoping to do better than 3-12 and 12 with Fields as the starter, because that's the thing. Even in the games where they were losing and not down by like three points, when they were down by a score, multiple scores, they still ran the ball every single play. And so if they improve and they're winning, 
what do we think they're going to do the opposite and be like, well, now we're winning. Let's throw it like they were losing before and still running it. They're just going to run the ball a lot this season. So that's my concern with DJ Moore. Uh, even if I project him for a massive target share, I can't really get him to grade out as an amazing pick when he's going 47th and underdog 50th for the industry average. So I'm honestly hoping I'm wrong because he's a player that I've wanted to break out for a while. He deserves to break out. He's a great player. Uh, volume concerns just have me a little bit worried with him, so I don't get him a ton. Uh, honestly, similar-ish story with McLaurin, although slight deviations, um, but going at the exact same pick, actually. If you average um, all the different like major platforms, both DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin go 50.2 overall. Kind of crazy that they both right out there. And I have 5%. He drafted him on 7 of 141. Um but yet again, it's a similar thing with like, I love the player. I think that the public very much underrates both DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin from a talent perspective. Terry McLaurin is awesome. The problem is twofold. One is quarterback play. Um, you know, it, it we don't know a lot about Sam Howell. Uh, it seems like they are locked in with him as a quarterback, unless he's terrible in the preseason. They're probably going to have Sam Howell uh, and give him a relatively long leash this season. If he's really bad, they'll bring in Jacoby Brissett, but it seems like they want him to be a starter. Um, and we can't really know, you know, how good, how bad he is because our sample size on him is so incredibly small. But I will say it's very unlikely that he ends up as a high-end quarterback, especially this season. So if you're drafting McLaurin, you're really hoping that, you know, Howell can be league average, basically. If he can approach league average, that's what you're like, okay, that's a really, really good outcome. That's a win for you if you drafted McLaurin. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to be a below average quarterback this season. But the main issue isn't that. The main issue in my eyes is Jahan Dotson. Like, I think Dotson's an incredible wide receiver. I think he could be like a really like a 1B in targets to McLaurin, to where it's not even really like McLaurin outproducing him by like, you know, 30 targets, I think they could be relatively close in targets. I still think McLaurin's, you know, the favorite to be the lead, but Dotson's going to command a lot more than he had last season. Uh, McLaurin has been wildly successful in the past with poor quarterback play. Like, you look at the quarterback play and you're like, how did he even post those numbers in the past? But it's been because he's commanded such a large target share. But if Jahan Dotson, you know, takes a step forward that I'm expecting, it might just be a little bit difficult for McLaurin to maintain what he's done in the past. And if you look at his production, it's been good, but he's never finished as a top 20 wide receiver in points per game for fantasy in his career. So by drafting him as the wide receiver 20 on average, you know, you're taking him at his peak performance for his entire career in a year where he's likely going to have his most target competition ever, and it's not a guarantee that the quarterback play is improved at all. So you basically need him to have the best season of his career, which is obviously asking a lot for any player. And then you think about the ceiling, and I'm like, okay, let's say he does. Let's say he does have the best season of his career. How much do we really think he outperforms his ADP? Because I don't think he can finish as a top 10 wide receiver this season. And it almost feels like the best case scenario is that he kind of finishes in that like 16, 17 range in points per game. And that's not super appealing to me to where like he needs to have his best year ever. And he probably needs to exceed that as well to like really outproduce what he's done in the past. And then even if he does that, you're probably still not getting someone that's a league winner. So with the four or five turn, I don't know. I just feel like there are a lot of really good players in that range. Love the player. 
situation's tough. I think the ADP is a little bit too high. Next up, we have DK Metcalf. I have him on four of 141 teams. That comes out to 2.8%. Now, I think the Seahawks are going to be really good on offense this year. And I've taken a lot of Geno Smith, a lot of Lockett, a lot of JSN. Because I think, I mean, they're going to throw it plenty. They threw it, honestly, more than people realized last season. But I think that's going to continue, and they'll maybe even throw the ball more this season. But even projecting the offense well, the passing offense well, even projecting Metcalf, I think, pretty well, it's tough to get him to be a really good pick in the middle of the third round. Like, Tyler Lockett is still balling out, even turning 31 this year. I'm expecting him to keep having a great season. Uh, Ken Walker's a great running back. They added Charbonnet to kind of, like, ease the workload a little bit and make sure that, like, they can run the ball as much as they want and not, you know, worry about overloading a running back. And so, while I think they're going to throw it, when you have Charbonnet and Ken Walker, both two great running backs, you have Kenny McIntosh, who I think is underrated once he's healthy. It's not like they're going to throw the ball every play. They're still going to involve these running backs. But you think about all of that, and you're like, okay, well, you know, Metcalf can still produce. The biggest issue is when, on top of that, you add in Jackson Smith and Jigba, their first-round wide receiver. JSN is the best wide receiver prospect in this draft class. He is, without a doubt, going to command a very real target share in year one. Last year, uh, the Seahawks had Metcalf and Lockett really dominate the target share. 141 targets for Metcalf. 117 for Lockett. But then you look at their number three wide receiver, and it's Marquise Goodwin with 42. The number four wide receiver, Dwayne Eskridge, with 13. So it really was just everything going to Metcalf and Lockett. JSN is going to get way more than both their three and four from last year combined. And while he's also going to steal from the tight end, so it's not also going to come like all of it from Metcalf and Lockett, he is going to eat into the production of both Metcalf and Lockett a little bit. Now, Unlike McLaurin, we have seen DK Metcalf outproduce his current ADP in the past. He was 42nd as a rookie. You can kind of throw that out. Uh, then he was 8th in year 2, 19th in year 3, and 27th last season because the touchdowns were a little bit down. We can expect that to bump up a little bit. But he's going 15th in the middle of the third round. Like, you're still asking a lot from him to exceed value when you've got this new third wide receiver going to command a lot of targets, especially when he's already failed to return value at his current ADP the last two seasons with JSN not there, with Charbonnet not there. It's like they've added a lot to this offense, and now for everyone to bump him up to the wide receiver 15, it's another situation where it's like you're asking a lot. I want to draft players to where I'm like, you know what, if they have a decent season, just okay, not the best year of their career, but just like a good season, they'll return value. If they have a good year, you know, they'll a great year, they'll exceed it. I think that can be the case for Metcalf, but I think it's relatively unlikely. I think for Metcalf, it's more like if he has a really, really good season, he'll return value. But his average outcome is kind of a little bit underwhelming when you take him in the middle of the third round with just so many talented players around him. And so, I don't know. I just start leaning towards the quarterbacks. I lean towards, why not take Mark Andrews? I lean towards some of these running backs. And it's like, Metcalf never becomes a player where I'm like, yep, got to do it. And that's why I only get him on 2.8% of my teams. Fourth on the list, also 2.8% exposure to uh, Marquise Brown. Hollywood's going to be entering his fifth season in the NFL. uh, And he's finished 49th, 43rd, 
26th and 31st in points per game. So hasn't really gone off yet, but currently going as a wide receiver 33 off boards, you know, seventh round. That seems relatively fair when you look at his last two seasons, right? But I will say, you look at the ADP, NFL.com is kind of bringing down the ADP a little bit. Um, he goes to the 6-7 turn on ESPN, Yahoo, and Sleeper. He goes in the late fifth round on underdog. It's really just NFL. He's going ridiculously late, and so the average ADP is higher than it realistically is. Um, but honestly, like I just can't get behind him this season because I don't really believe in the Cardinals offense as a whole. I don't mind and actually like taking a chance on James Conner in the middle rounds because I really think like they have no running back talent behind him and they're totally fine just kind of like running Conner into the ground being like, listen, we're going to give you all these touches. Uh, we know you're not really like the long-term plans for our team. He's going to break down eventually. Uh, just give him as much as he can handle. Have him kind of be a featured weapon on the offense. Uh, plus, they want to run the ball a ton. So I see Conner as a good pick. But Brown, like, it might look like he's the clear-cut top option in the offense, but I think number one, that's James Conner. Then they also do have Rondell Moore, who has never really put it together, but it's not like you have Marquise Brown on a pedestal up here and then everyone else down here. Rondell Moore is still a quality player. Michael Wilson has been having a fantastic camp. Once Zach Ertz is back, they're going to want to run a lot of two tight end sets and have both Ertz and Trey McBride on the field and utilize them in the passing game a lot. And with Kyler probably not returning until at least halfway through the year, I'm scared we're going to see them with like a 1-9 in nine record when he returns, be a bottom three scoring offense, barely throw for any touchdowns, run very few plays because not only do they want to play slow and run it, which is terrible for plays, but also if they stink, there's going to be a ton of stalled drives. And then when teams get up, they're going to play slow and run it as well. And so it just, it really feels like a situation where you're going to be looking at the box score like, how did no one do anything again besides James Conner? Like, how, how is it that they're never running plays, they're never throwing it, they're never scoring? That's a situation I feel like is going to happen. And so if I'm going to invest in this offense, let me take a shot in the very final round, you know, 18th round on one of the tight ends if they're going to use them heavily. Maybe on Michael Wilson if he kind of breaks out, you know, takes over like that number two job from Rondell Moore. Like, let me take a shot in the last round to where, you know, I'm not too sad if it fails. I just think people envision Marquise Brown commanding like 10 or 12 targets every single week. They're going to play slow. They're going to run at a ton. They're going to be bad. I don't see that happening. And so I don't really want to invest a mid-round pick on him. Final player we'll go over today um, might be the one I'm probably most concerned with having a fade on. And that's Deontay Johnson because I also think he's a really good wide receiver. I only drafted him on one of my 141 teams. That is 0.7%. Um, I really should try to get him on a little bit more, but it's just so difficult to do. Um, I get it on NFL.com, which apparently has terrible ADPs, uh, but he's like an eighth round pick over there. Uh, on Sleeper, he's a good pick going in the seventh round. Um, I think anywhere in that like mid to late sixth round, that's a good spot to get him. Um, you really want to be leaning towards full PPR formats. That's where he's going to excel, uh, but he goes in the mid fifth on underdog. He is the 29th wide receiver off boards, and to me, that's just a little bit too early. Um, Deontay ranked sixth among wide receivers last season with 147 targets. He was 52nd in half PPR points per game. And yes, I know that that was because touchdowns are still important and he didn't score any. That's not going to happen again. 
But even if he had scored six touchdowns last season, he still wouldn't have returned value at his current ADP. Like, even if he was doing that, which is a lot to add six touchdowns to someone's performance. Now, he did return value when Big Ben was his quarterback, but that was when they ranked first by a mile in pass attempts per game. That's not going to happen again. And when they ranked fourth in pass pass attempts per game, that's also not going to happen. They dropped down to 16th with Pickett last season, and the indication so far, we can't be sure, but what I'm thinking is they want to drop down a little bit further this season, be an efficient passing attack, but to run the ball a lot with Najee and Warren, really establish that run and kind of have the passing game be more efficient based off of a good run game. So you combine that with the fact that George Pickens seems to be having an incredible offseason, making a lot of strides. He seems to be like primed for a breakout right now. They also have uh, Pat Farmuth in his third year now. You got to think um, he was a very high end receiving prospect for a tight end. You know, had a really good rookie season, a decent year too. There's a potential that he breaks out. He has a really good season. So you have both of them probably commanding more targets than they have in the past with a team that's probably going to run it more. And I just don't think Deontay is going to be able to sustain the total targets he's had in the past. If his elite target share drops a little bit and the targets overall for the team drop a little bit, I think he's still going to be good. But if he's not between like a 26 and 28% target share that he's been the last three seasons, then it's kind of difficult to project him returning value unless he gets sort of lucky with touchdowns. But I'm also kind of struggling to see, okay, if he gets lucky with touchdowns, if he has a really good year in target share, I think he returns value. It's another situation where I'm struggling to see a world where he exceeds value. And I think that's, you know, the closing point I want to make in this video. DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, they are incredible wide receivers. Like they are very, very, very talented. But given how we're expecting these offenses to look and given where they're going at their ADPs, I'd be very surprised if any of them greatly exceed value. You know, they can all have really good years return value, but I think there's a much better chance that you'll be disappointed you drafted them than there is that you'll be disappointed you didn't draft them. There are great options available in rounds three through seven, even if you're only looking at wide receiver, but you're also not. There's also other positions that are really, really good picks. And so given the very high opportunity cost with all of these players, I've just found myself skipping them in drafts. But hey, uh, maybe you listen to this and you are more convinced than ever that I'm wrong. You know, Metcalf, Moore, they're all going off this season. If so, by all means, draft them, prove me wrong. And if you want to draft right now, or you want to have access to my rankings for free, check the underdog promo we have going on right now in the description box down below. It is the best deal in the industry, and I really think you should all be taking advantage of it. So I'll be back tomorrow, another Mock Draft Monday, Tuesday, live, 6.30 Eastern, to do a draft with all of you and to answer any questions you may have. So please come to that with questions. And then Wednesday, to go over the biggest rankings changes I've been making recently. That, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.